Excuse me. That's a bad outfit. <laughs> okay, Presley, I'm moving. Oh, that's right. Superman getting complimented by a pimp. One of my favorite moments from the first Superman movie in 19... What was that? Was that 78? My God. Uh, hello, Popheads, and welcome to issue 115 of the TomCast Popcast, a.k.a. Popcast, coming to you from the friendly confines of the Tom Cave, where I'm in my, in my hermetically sealed bubble, safe from the outside world. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for listening to this quality independent podcast. And independent podcasts are what we're all about on this on this fine network that is 3BZine. Uh, please follow us on the social media. We're at Tomcast Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. And finally, you can become an official member of Pophead Nation at patreon.com forward slash TomcastPopcast, where you can hang out with super cool people like the Aspinel Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, co-host of The Ringing Ear, Thank you to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, and the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer. Thank you so much for being super proud, awesome members of Pophead Nation. Please enjoy all the access to all the bonus content that I'm, I'm getting up there. Uh, I've got videos and, and commentary tracks and, and, and book recommendations, all kinds, of, all, all kinds of fun stuff. A little extra bang for your buck. I hope people are enjoying it. And, and one more thing real quick. If you can make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast you're liking this podcast you're sharing this podcast with all your dear friends and family members and if you're on that apple podcast make sure you give us a sweet sweet five-star review they go a really long way to spreading the good word about what we do here on the tomcast podcast thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this this awesome awesome podcast we got a good show today roger's back I'm going to link up with Raj right now, and we're going to get into some news because some things have been happening. Some things have been popping. There might have been a new trailer that dropped on the internet last night, and we're going to discuss all that and more. So, here on the TomCast Podcast, remember what we do best. We buckle up, we hold on to our butts, and we buckle up again. All right. See you on the other side. Oh, I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational. When your friends arrive. Alright, folks, here he is. I know you've been missing him for the last week or two. Jedi Raj at Jedi Raj on Twitter and Instagram. You can also call him Roger if you want, but I think he prefers Jedi Raj. Yeah, that's what I go by. Yeah. Make your mom call you that too, don't you? Yeah, that's what she does. <laughs> Roger, how much time did you spend as a Padawan? Uh, you know, there there were many, many childhood years, so uh did yeah, you have... Only recently did I become a Jedi. You had the braid, too, didn't you? That sweet, sweet braid. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's required. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, how, are, how have you been doing? Have you been able to entertain yourself over these past few weeks without us? <laughs> yeah. No, I've been just all over the place dealing with stuff here and there. Mm. But uh, finally been able to, you know, sit down, get everything in order, and have some casting time. Well, it's it's good to have you back on the show. You've been missed. And, uh, uh, you know, the show is more complete with you here. 
<laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> uh, as we are known to do on this podcast, we we have beverages in front of us because what oh, mon- yes. what Monday doesn't require a tasty tasty beverage? Yeah, it's kind of mandatory. Yeah. So what are you what are you drinking today, my friend? Today I managed to get my hands on finally the uh, Deftones White Pony. Hey now, all right. Look at that. Look at that puppy. That's a nice silver can on there. Yeah, yeah, just like their, you know, super simple artwork, you know, mm-hmm. just like the album cover commemorating the uh, 20th anniversary of the album release. It's crazy to think that it's already that old, but uh, I guess oh, we yeah. are too. <laughs> you know, I have I have a funny story about that album. I'll, I'll try to cover it pretty, uh, quickly. But that yeah. CD, uh, the White Pony album, is is the last time I ever loaned anyone a CD because it came back. Like it looked like they dragged it through a goddamn sandpaper factory, oh, and I was sucks. furious. And I was Damn. like, I was like, that's it, no more. No one gets access to anything of mine ever again, <laughs> dude. And that's something I'll never understand, you know. Especially like, you know, if you ever bought any used games at GameStop or anything, some of these just look like just grind down on rocks. Yeah, you know, it's like, what did you do? Like, did you not just put it in and take it out? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I gave you the case too. Just put it back in there when you're not doing anything with it, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think that was the I, exact moment I started to lose my faith in humanity, Roger. <laughs> that was the turning point. Yeah, twenty years ago, the White Pony album <laughs> turned me from a, a a a a remorseless optimist into a a a, a scabby old uh, pessimist. <laughs> <laughs> well. On that regard, the beer's the beer is pretty good, at least. So, uh, and uh, it's Belgian Beaver making that one for for them, right? Yep. Another yes, another Deftones partnership. Deftones, yeah, yeah. Latest Deftones collab on that one. Uh, it's just a standard. It, it's a double dry hopped IPA, so it's not a double IPA. Uh, it's only coming in at seven percent, and it's using uh, pretty traditional hops. But it, you know, it tastes pretty West Coast. It's not completely clear, but um, definitely has some like old school vibes to it, and I think maybe. I don't know if they were doing that on purpose to try to, you know, call back to the how beers were back then, maybe. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm really enjoying it. So super fresh, really, really easy drinking, in my opinion. That's that's pretty cool, man. Uh, uh, this past weekend was uh, what was supposed to be the kickoff of the glorious festival known as Oktoberfest in, in, oh, in, yeah. in Munich, Germany. Uh, which means it's also time for me to stock up on fest beers and, and, and Märzens at the house. Yes, and I was beyond excited when when one of our one of our beloved local breweries decided to can their fest beer, and I'm I'm referring to Society Brewing Company's fest beer. Fest beer. There <laughs> you go. It has some lovely <laughs> uh, individuals in a dirndl and some lederhosen dancing, silhouetted as is Society's trademark, uh, yeah. you know, logo there. Four point six. <laughs> they describe it as crisp, clean, and festive. And Roger, I have to say. Yeah, that's accurate, because uh, <laughs> I'm ready to slap on the Lederhosen right now. Oh, yeah, dude. No, I, I think every fest beer I've tried this year, I don't know if it's just me, but they're tasting better than ever. Yeah. I think I, people have really, like, nailed their, oh, yeah, even in the Stein. Yeah, that, yeah I, got my, I got my little mini, uh, my little half-liter Carl Strauss Stein from uh, Carl Strauss <laughs> Oktoberfest from years back. Uh, but, yeah, nice. I wanted, just to hold up the color here, it's not, you know, this, this is like fest beer, fest beer. This is not like the, the darker Martzens, um, yeah. though I will have plenty of those, possibly, <laughs> possibly as my next beer. We'll give it, <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Very nice. Because the one thing you can say about a fest beer is it, it's definitely drinkable. 
definitely oh, crushable. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's almost uh, like it's mandatory. Yeah, so you have to do it. <laughs> I may just let Roger take over the show so I can focus on drinking today. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'll uh, start heating up some pretzels and some beer cheese too. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, this is a this one's a winner. Uh, Society Brewing Company. They they've been doing uh, great things since they started canning their beers, and I think it's rad that uh, I can just go pick up a four pack of this now around town. Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to look for some. Nice. All right. Well, listen, Raj. Some things have happened, and I, you know, I know you've been away. So, yes. we'll we'll start with the hard part of the show first, which okay. might feel like I'm trying to kick you right in the dick. <laughs> but I promise that's not my intention. But we have to talk about it because it's right, official. Right. HBO has killed DC Universe. Oh yeah. It's going to be rebranded as like DC Universe Infinite or Infinity. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a comics only subscription based plat- a- application platform thingy. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, you know, I got the email. And I was already, I think I'd already seen a couple articles before I even got the email. I mean, we knew this was coming. Yeah, we were just like, we just didn't know what was going to happen with the rest of the service. And now to see that it's kind of like, well, it's just going to be exactly the same, except we're just taking off all the media that's not comics. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I know, like, Marvel has a comic app uh, already. Yeah, And I guess they're kind of trying to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they're trying to push towards that direction, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't really judge why. I mean, I guess it just wasn't making that much money for them. Um, people didn't jump on as, as much as they thought they would. So I don't know. I, I, it's not, it, it, I have, I have, I am on the record as saying that I had some issues with the interface of the, of the platform, sure. uh, but I liked all the content that existed on the platform, uh, particularly like the crazy old Superboy show from the 80s and, and stuff <laughs> like that, and some like the more uh, obscure pieces of, of DC Warner Brothers uh, lore that, that exists yeah. on film. Um, so yeah, I was a little sad to see it go, but like I said, I mean, the writing's been on the wall for a while. I, yeah. and I know one of the big criticisms uh, is that HBO Max isn't exactly firing on all cylinders necessarily. Uh, yeah, they're they're still only uh, maximizing their 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 imagery imaging at uh, 1080i. They don't mm-hmm. they don't support 4K yet, or any of, any mm-hmm. of that that higher end stuff. Um, and uh, honestly, the comic book content is is at the moment is fairly lacking. I mean, maybe once DC Universe ends, everything will shift over there. But the the, yeah. the media library is is, is uh, in in need of a some life support and a little shot in the arm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And honestly, that might have been one of DC Universe's biggest issues on its own, was that it wasn't your one-stop source for everything DC that they claimed it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you couldn't get the CW stuff on there. You couldn't get, you know, random things here and there. Basically, I don't think they ever had Smallville on there. If they did, maybe I, I missed it. But uh, there was just a bunch of stuff that just wasn't there, you know? And you're like, well, then where do I go to get this? Because... This was supposed to be DC Universe, like literally everything. Universe is in the title. And yet that's never what it was, you know? Even on the comic book end, only until, you know, more recently did they start adding just everything within the past, uh, older than the past year was now on the platform. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I kind of thought, you know, maybe they would have some sort of, since it was a subscription service on its own, they would kind of push more towards having maybe a little more current thing, maybe 
a few months so they'll at least be able to sell whatever's on the shelves kind of thing but i don't know just it just didn't feel like the best way to stay current which is kind of what they toted it to begin with that this was your you know your one outlet to stay current with dc and other than their like dc daily show that they did for a while it just didn't feel that way it felt like everything was like old and stuff was missing you know old and busted yeah, <laughs> yeah. No new hotness. <laughs> I, I I am curious about the about it as as this comic book database platform uh, because it does sound like once it switches over, it it sounds like it's gonna be like a, a fairly comprehensive like back catalog of like all of the DC comics. Yeah, and then like new issues will come out on the on the service every six months after publication date is, is what I read. Um, okay, which which is interesting, and I'll be honest, like I I I have been looking for. Uh, a better online alternative for reading some comics because, uh, Roger, I've lived in the same place for a long time and it keeps getting fuller and fuller of comic books. <laughs> it's starting to become an issue. Yeah, they're, it, they're pun intended. Eating you there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I'm curious about it. it did, I guess monthly it breaks down to being cheaper than the Marvel platform, uh, and yeah. it sounds like, again, like the back catalog's pretty comprehensive and extensive and maybe it's worth like that seven or eight bucks or if you want to pay like the 75 for the year i i don't know i i have a hard time justifying spending that much on a, on a comic book reading service though <laughs> yeah yeah i i think that's kind of the hard thing i mean you know easily we would spend more than that in physical issues if, if that were we were pursuing true that is true <laughs> once it becomes digital though it just it feels like it, it loses something in the transition you know i just nothing nothing's ever going to beat like a digital you know paperback you know no, no. So, I, I i agree 100 percent. i love the, the the i mean part of comic books the the appeal has always been like that tactile you know that small yeah. folded paper in your hand then the whole reading <laughs> experience and you know back when i was a kid you know, when it's published on newsprint and having that, that feel on your fingers like you constantly had to go yeah. wash your hands you're like oh my god my hands are so dirty <laughs> Yeah, led, yeah. To, led to a lot of kids having OCD. I'm sure of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm interested. I guess, I guess like the big drawback is is like, well, if I got the DC one, then how am I going to read Marvel books? I'll have to get the Marvel one now too, and then all of a sudden I'm spending, yeah. you know, 150 dollars on comic book services. So it's it's it, it doesn't solve my problem of spending far too much on comic books, <laughs> but yeah. that's a problem for another day. That's sure. That's a yeah. whole other. I mean, we can spend an entire. 17 episodes discussing my my comic book addiction and why i can't seem to break the habit (laughs) (laughs) it's a tough one to break it it sure is uh in 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 some positive news though um yeah it has been announced that that harley quinn the animated series has been renewed for season three on hbo max that's good news right yeah for sure I, i don't know if i mentioned it on the podcast but i did go back and finish that one for your recommendation uh, I was a fan probably more of the first season than the second season, but I definitely liked it. That's cool. That's good to hear. Yeah, I'm glad to see hear you get stuck with it because I, I do I do think it, it uh, delivers pretty good stuff, especially at the end when you know uh, when when Doctor Psycho kind of becomes Doctor Psycho and all the stuff with, with Apocalypse <laughs> and and uh, it, I really like that that second season a lot. Uh, it, it's funny because the way this the second season ends. It could have been a good ending for the series, but I'm glad to hear that we might get some more out of it and some more fun hijinks with uh, with King Shark and, and, and Clayface and the Joker and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Uh, yeah, so that 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 that's I guess some good news. Like you know, some properties from DC Universe are still sort of, are, are existing and transitioning to HBO Max, like Harley Quinn, like 
Titans like Doom Patrol. Um, yeah. So that that's good. I mean, that there there does seem to be a place for all these shows still. Yeah, yeah, that is the one good thing that we're, we're not just losing all these uh, unique properties that they were putting out. Yeah, exactly. So the next thing I wanted to get to, because uh, we'll just cover this real briefly, because, you know, it's not that we don't like award shows on the TomCast podcast all that much. <laughs> nah. But we do like it when, when shows that we like win on award shows. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and because I'm, you know, I'm going to take full credit for this. I'm pretty sure no one would have watched this show without the TomCast podcast. Uh, and I'm, true. I'm referring, of course, to, to HBO's uh, Watchmen series. That just won a couple of really big time Emmys for uh, for best limited series, best best actress for Regina King, and uh, best supporting for uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen the second. And you also got an Emmy for uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for their soundtrack. Nice. They always do good stuff. Yeah, I I have those. Uh, those came out, uh, and like I don't know, every three weeks or so on vinyl, and I I bought all three of them because I was like these soundtracks are super wow. cool. <laughs> nice. That's and, super cool. Yeah, it's just like really fun, kind of like super cool mood setting music yeah and uh it, it, i thought they did a perfect job scoring the crap out of that watchman series and uh uh you know going back to uh the dc universe stuff real quick i did i think mm-hmm. you, you probably got the offer in your email to get hbo max for like five bucks or something uh to like kind of like package I'm... your uh plan i didn't get the five dollar one i feel like i got ripped off now <laughs> i got the twelve dollar one uh, that's the one I took him up on, actually. So. Oh, okay, okay. Well, so so you have HBO Max now, which means you can watch Watchmen finally. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I actually just uh, pulled the trigger last night because uh, I had a, a scary movie marathon, and uh, you know, it's basically already Halloween. I don't know if you knew. Yeah, we're, we're. I mean, we've been living Halloween since uh, March, I think. <laughs> basically yeah so we started a while back we're just making it official now. yeah it, it's like a weird blend of uh, halloween and the purge out there sometimes it just depends what part of town you're in yeah definitely <laughs> true oh uh, let's see roger i think we should talk about oh let's talk about that fun new trailer that was released the other day and now yes. so we're shifting gears from dc to the glory of of marvel in the in the disney plus app Let's yeah. talk about WandaVision. Yes. What a crazy trailer. I don't know. Everyone <laughs> needs to watch this trailer because I, I, I can't describe it adequately enough. Yeah. Yeah. It was very much. I mean, we saw the teaser before mm-hmm. and I feel like this didn't give us a whole lot more per se. It gave us more things to see of what we had seen before. I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> No, I I I am with you a hundred percent on that. I have no clue what seems to be going on on what seems to be going on in the show. Like, where is it taking place? Is 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 it taking place in in the Soul Stone? Like, like uh, what's going on here? Because as the trailer indicates, yeah. uh, at least on a subconscious level, Vision seems to realize he's dead. Um, yeah. But is is Wanda manipulating things with with her magic hex powers? Uh, you know, we don't really know it. Visually, the show looks exciting and, and, and interesting and different and, and wilder than anything we've seen in the Marvel Universe so far. So I'm I'm really yeah, excited about it. But this is this is gonna be one of those shows like you can't really pin down what it is, and I I think I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, definitely, it definitely has a cool vibe to it. I loved seeing them in their like almost Halloween costume versions of the actual yes. costumes from the yes. comics. That was that, that was, was great. great. I agree with you. 
That was cool, man. And uh, the way it, the way it kind of starts is like this, like a uh, bewitched I dream a genie kind of thing. It, it's it's just a really visually yeah. visually exciting trailer. Um, and then of, of course there's enough little action in there to make you realize, oh yeah, it's it's still a Marvel show. So you know, <laughs> people are gonna get punched in the face. It's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Honestly, it looks cool. and I mean, if if nothing else, it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Still, still no, no release date. Just said coming soon at the end of the trailer, but uh, a, a great sign that that they were getting some new footage and that things seem to be moving ahead with it. Uh, you know, I, I, if I were to guess, I'd say sometime early twenty twenty one, but who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll spring it on as lucky. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, and that being said, too, we also know that that the Winter Soldier and, and the Falcon show has has resumed production, so they're they're getting there. They're plugging away at that show. That's good to know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think I've heard anything recently about Loki, any, any forward momentum on that, but hopefully things are moving ahead there too. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, haven't heard anything really. Uh, what about, well, let's see. Let's talk about this a little bit too. I mean, we're still, this is, this series that we're about to talk about is still very early in development, but the Miss Marvel series mm. is going to happen. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Kamala Khan's TV debut is is coming uh, faster and faster, and they they've uh, they've they've put together like a directing team and and all this stuff. It it sounds like uh sounds like good times are are in store for for fans of of Miss Marvel, aka Kamala Khan. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like they've uh, definitely been putting her character more on the forefront lately. With that new I Avengers game. Like- yeah, with the Avengers game, yeah. uh, she was basically one of the main characters in that. So, yeah, they're definitely trying to push her uh, to the uh, to the limelight. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I know I think they've had a little bit of rumors on who they're thinking of casting, right? I don't know. <laughs> there may be some <laughs> rumors, but there's no facts. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of the point where we're at. So it seems like they're they're building the team right now. They're they're assembling, if you will. Yeah, but uh, we don't know too much about who's who's going to be a part of it. So. Yeah, we we do know as far as like behind the scenes, uh, it, the head writer is, is Bisha K Ali, and the, the this this directing team they just put together uh, consists of Adele El Aribi, uh, Bilal Falah, Sarmin Abad Chinoy, and Mir Minan. I hope I said all of your names <laughs> decently. I, I apologize in advance. But uh, no, very cool that they're they're making progress on another show. It sounds like twenty twenty one and and you know twenty twenty two are going to be uh, pretty big for the MCU on Disney Plus. Yeah, that'll be good to see. I mean, we haven't seen anything TV wise for Marvel stuff, so it'll be nice to kind of have that switch uh, and have them kind of take the center stage for a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Uh, what what um have you checked out that Avengers game by any chance? You know, I, I've only seen it played. I haven't heard great things about it. I've heard it's kind of uh, a little monotonous. Um, and I think just the, the characterizations are a little off from, you know, most of the reviews I've seen of it. But they say, you know, gameplay-wise, it's a pretty solid game. So, Yeah, it, it looked interesting. I, I don't... I don't want to say I have problems with comic book video games because there are, are several like, really, really good ones out there. But yeah, generally, I kind of take a more cautious approach. Sure. You know, like I, w- I want to see those good reviews. I want to hear from a couple friends who I trust who have played it. They're like, "Oh no, no, it's good. It's awesome. It's it's worth it." Yeah. So like the game looked interesting, but I wasn't. I'm not on board. Let's put it that way. 
Yeah, yeah, it just it just didn't seem super exciting. And I don't know if it's just because we have now these mental images of what lifelike Avengers should look like, and this is not them. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a little dissonance in that regard. But I, I don't know, the, the game itself kind of, a lot of people were saying it felt rushed, which probably is the case. But uh, like I said, I haven't personally played it. I've only seen you know, a couple of reliable review sources that I follow kind of say it's not bad, but it's not great. You know, not bad, but not bad, but not great. And probably not worth 60 bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll put that on the table too. <laughs> well, and, and you know, I, I, I've kind of sort of decided uh, as far as my, my personal video game playing time goes, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just waiting for squadrons now. I, that's all I'm, I'm biding oh, yeah. my time. <laughs> and and uh, you know it's like I'm, I'm accumulating hours, and then I'm just gonna spend them all when when Squadrons comes out because uh you you probably saw the the, the hunted short. No, oh, dude, that was amazing. That's yeah. pretty badass looking. I can't wait to play this game. Yeah, yeah, it's if you can get a legitimate trailer that makes you root for the Imperials, I think you've done a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not crazy, right? But that X-wing pilot was kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was definitely rooting for the Tie Pilot. Yeah, well, plus, I mean, come on, Tie Pilots are so cool looking with those with the, the with the helmets and the and the you know the black gloves and the black suit and the the way the, the little air breathers coming out of the helmet. Oh yeah, I mean they just have this <laughs> really great look about them. Uh, yeah, and, and you know they've done a good job in other video games with with Imperial soldiers and and, and Tie Pilots and things like that. Uh, in, yeah, in comic books in particular, they've done a nice job giving, giving some. Some creating some really good characters who happen to fly for the Imperials, um, yeah. but I'm excited for this game. I I, I am. I, I hope it is as good as it should be. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely going to be a callback to the uh, X-wing versus Tie Fighter days. Ooh, I uh, hope the so. Fact that it's, it's uh, completely first person, like you don't have the option to make it third person, like Rogue Squadron, mm-hmm. kind of gives me a uh, hope for that kind of callback to the originals. So we'll we'll see if this is just the uh, the spiritual successor to the series. I'll be pretty excited to see it though. Nice, yeah, yeah. I I, I can't wait. I think it's October third is the is the the release date for that game, and uh, that means oh yeah, it's coming up. Yeah, we'll be busy pretty soon. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Roger, some bad news. I don't know if you got a chance to watch this. Uh, I watched this. I watched this like last last summer, last fall. Um, I talked about it a little bit on the podcast, uh, but but not th- to any great depth because I I kind of watch the show at a much slower pace than than you know Netflix just drops the entire season and stuff like that. It took me several months to kind of get through all of it because I was very busy at the time. Uh, but it's been announced that the, sure. Dark, the Dark Crystal show, Age of Resistance, has been canceled by Netflix. Oh, okay, so it only had the one season. Only the one season, and uh, from and it ends on a big old cliffhanger. With uh, all these uh, dangly oh, plot threads awesome. and everything, and it's a real big bummer for for those of us who watched the show because it was really a g- really good show. Uh, you know, for anyone who doesn't yeah. know, it, it, this is like the prequel to the movie, uh, and it's it's like I said, it's a, it's a really good show. It's really quality, and it, it, this show actually just just won an Emmy the other night too for best children's program. Oh wow! So that's a, a real bummer. Uh, Hanson uh, Productions has said they're looking for ways to continue the story. I don't know. If that means uh, you know trying to move it to like Amazon or Hulu or something, or if they would, you know, I don't know, do a book or comics or or something like that. They've done comics and graphic novels in the past, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I really like the show because it seemed like um, well, it was just kind of cool to see Hanson Productions like doing badass puppet puppetry again. 
Yeah, definitely. Something we haven't seen from them in a long time. But something, there's just such a like cool nostalgic quality to it, you know? I just I always love to see good puppetry, especially with the advances that we've made in, you know, making it look even more realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, there, there's some rumors that, that some of that, you know, that it wasn't a cheap show to make and, and that might have had a, had a role to play in, in, in it being canceled. It, was, it wasn't cheap and it wasn't the massive hit that Netflix was hoping for. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I mean, the, the Dark Crystal is something that I came to a little bit later on. So, you know, I, th- I think it's one of those, those stories that kind of uh, grows with, with its audience. You know, like maybe, you know, maybe you miss it the first time around, but you kind of visit it later on. You're like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. Why didn't I watch this sooner? Yeah. You kind of become, <laughs> become a fan that way. But I don't know. Like I said, I liked, I liked the show a lot. I thought it was really, really good, really strong storytelling. And uh, we'll keep you posted yeah. on, on any developments on if it moves to another, another service or, you know, however they decide to finish the story. Because it is good and it is worth watching. And yeah. like I said, it seems like Henson's pretty, uh, con- pretty uh, um, dedicated to concluding the story in, in some platform. Yeah, yeah, you know that that's happened. I know to a, a few shows that I've watched in the past where it's like, well, they don't want to like actually air the show anymore, but we're going to tell it through some other means, you know. So we'll see. We'll see if maybe they go the animated route, which might be cool, or if they, uh, like you were saying, stories or graphic novels might be cool. So. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Roger, that is the bulk of the news I have for you right now. So let's talk about something that's filling us with 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 all the feelings. It's good and bad sometimes. <laughs> I'm talking about the boys. Yes. Episode what was it? Episode 5 dropped on yeah. Friday. We and, are on uh, 5. Um yeah, things happened on there. Let's uh <laughs> Let's sound the red alert because uh, the spoilers are coming because I don't think we can talk about this episode without spoiling <laughs> aspects of it. No, no. Take us the full red. <laughs> yeah, full red alert. Uh, the, the two basic storylines here are, are Mother's Milk and, and Huey going to get Butcher and bring him back into the fold after the events yeah. with, his, with his wife in the, in the, in the Vought compound. And then we have Homelander and Stormfront... And sort of like the forging of their relationship. <laughs> yeah. First, like she's helping him with his PR stuff you know, by creating memes, which, okay. <laughs> that's how it works, apparently. Like, that's how it works. And then uh, then it goes up another level or two and gets yep. real twisted. Oh, but, yeah. but not before we basically get the hardcore confirmation that Stormfront is, in fact, super racist. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so we have like a, a basically like a, like a neo-Nazi power couple happening on on the boys right now. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of kind of what I've got from that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I sort of like this twist they're doing with her character. Is that she was this uh, a Liberty character from like the seventies or eighties or whatever, and she's sort of yeah. somehow uh, is like kind of like rebranding herself for like a new era or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming like her power set probably slows her aging or whatever. So, yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah, but it's it's real interesting. I mean, it, that that little conversation she was having with A Train was just super off putting. <laughs> talking about yeah, how some people are garbage, and she's clearly talking about Black Americans. Yeah, and A Train's like, is she talking about Black people? I think she's talking <laughs> about Black people. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uncomfortable. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, and you know, I think this show does that so well. It just like really like puts how like just despicable these characters are mm-hmm. on the forefront and by just making them the most like unlikable people for like one reason or another in her case just being racist in homelander's case just being such a douchebag about everything all the time you know it's just it really like nails these characterizations and makes you hate these guys you know yeah, you know, it, it was funny too because it was it was on the last episode when I was when when Reagan and I were were talking about uh, chapter four, and I think I sort of uh, uh, insinuated that like, I felt like Homelander was sort of like this almost like asexual being in a sense because he seemed so just far removed from everybody else that like he considered them lower than him. So the idea, yeah. but the more I thought about that after I said it, the more I was like that was really not accurate at all. I mean, he raped Butcher's <laughs> wife, so. I, <laughs> So when when you see him and Stormfront go to Bone Town, um, yeah, it's like oh yeah, no, he raped a girl and now he's having the weirdest like S and M kind of brutal sex you could imagine, where he's like lasering her in the chest and oh boy, yeah, yeah, I think for him, uh, just regular sex is not enough. He needs something weird as hell. Yeah, whether it be you know the mom fetish or the. Uh, like you said, brutal S and M that's going on. Yeah, she. Uh, he, yeah, he seemed to enjoy getting thrown around by her. <laughs> oh yeah, he was totally digging it. <laughs> Which I, I, again, I, I referenced the, the comic book. If you know Stormfront from the comic, and the, you, you think of the idea of Homelander and Stormfront hooking up in the comic, you're like, that is a very different relationship. Then. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, let's talk a little bit about the other the the other side of the story with with our with our heroes, uh, where 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 Black Noir is yeah. is hunting them in Billy's aunt's house. In the suburbs, yeah. What do what do you think of that? How'd that play out for you? Uh, that was great. I, I just I love just we we don't know very much about Black Noir uh, at this point. We we just know he's basically seemingly impervious to damage and pretty much a ninja in every regard. I think uh, Billy even calls him the uh, the ninja cunt. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like a, he's like a, a, a superpowered snake eyes, basically. Yeah, pretty much. So his character is very interesting. We we saw some interesting interactions early on, uh, earlier on, where he you know killed the the family in the Middle East or whatever. Right, right. And you know it was but was playing with the kid almost. So we don't know if there's some weird thing where he's kind of you know sympathetic to children in some regard we saw him kind of uh when the compound v first uh got leaked that he was seemingly crying over it in the hallway kind of losing his shit over it so it's we don't know much about his character but it's very interesting to see where they're going to take it yeah and just that whole you know ninja aspect of him breaking in was pretty awesome i'm I'm definitely curious about it I, i love how uncomfortable he makes people uh, mm-hmm. the, the episode beforehand when he's when he's with like the Vought, uh like security person, you know, like, yeah, the, yeah. The, the intelligence off, off, officer, and they're going yeah. through all that data. And she's like, "I'll get back to you as soon as I find him," and he just sits down next to her, and she's <laughs> insanely uncomfortable the entire time. Yes, that's great because he, he <laughs> does doesn't talk; he just looks at you with that that those black lenses in his in his eye, you know, for eyes. <laughs> it's, 
Uh, yeah, we just, it's, that's the crazy part. We just know nothing about him. So, yeah, it, it's, I'm, I'm curious if at some point, because I mean, he does seem pretty darn impervious, uh, to damage yeah. thus far. Uh, yep. but he also seems to be the member of the seven that Vought seems to be able to deploy and he follows orders basically to yeah. the letter. Which is kind of like I, after seeing that scene because he ha- he has the camera, and we see that uh oh god what's his name Giancarlo Esposito's character the the vo- yeah. boss um oh. is is kind of co- telling Noir what to do and and monitoring him and and kind of in, in a way controlling him I suppose yeah so I'm kind of curious when you think back to whatever it was episode one or two when you're seeing oh. Black Noir in the Middle East in the scene yeah. with the kid was he told to leave the kid alone? Because the kid wasn't like the mission, or you know, I'm just kind of curious if there's more to it than that. Like he's maybe he doesn't have his own code; he just follows orders to the letter. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's something. Hopefully, that we'll get to see kind of expounded on because I think that's kind of like the cool thing about his character is that we literally know nothing. I mean, like nothing at all about his character, and we're just kind of like picking up things here and there. But honestly, that's I think one of my favorite things about the series is that it doesn't hit you over the head with this character is this, you know, you pick up on little details here and there of every character to kind of make your own assumptions as to what's going on with the people. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, it's good to see kind of, it was good to see Billy kind of come out of his, uh, uh, mini depression over, over the situation with, with Becca, uh, staying at the compound and not wanting to be with him. I loved them bringing terror back into the show. I think Terror only showed up in the flashback episode in season one. So I love seeing Terror again uh, with this fuck pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, the little bit at the end of the episode, too, when, when Billy gives uh, gives Terror a, a, a Homelander doll to fuck. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it, again, a good episode for the, for the, the, the team, basically, as, you know, Mother's Milk and Billy... Er, Billy, <laughs> Mother's Milk and uh, and uh, uh, Huey. Huey coming to get Billy, getting kind of reinforcements like, "Hey man, we're here for you too." You know, this is more than just hired gun sort of stuff. Like, we got your back. Yeah, and, and you know the way he kind of like snaps out of it eventually. Plus, yep. I, I love that they mentioned as they're booby trapping the aunt's home and they go down to her downstairs uh, drug lab that <laughs> <laughs> that Huey even makes reference to to home aloneing the house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen all those bombs go off, but I understand it's a show with with some budgetary constraints because uh, they probably blew a lot of money uh, crashing into a whale. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> most likely. <laughs> though, maybe, though maybe that uh, that Homelander uh, and Stormfront fuck scene cost more money than I'm imagining too. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. They the broke... Floating is not cheap. <laughs> floating is not cheap. Not cheap at all, but quite the disturbing image. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, and then we also find out in this one that uh, Billy had a younger brother and that Huey most likely reminded him of his younger brother, which might explain their connection, you know, which I thought was kind of a cool callback, you know? Yeah, there's definitely some interesting stuff. I, I, I've i mentioned it before uh, that one of the really neat parts about the show is is kind of how all these characters are, are a little bit more layered and nuanced than they are in, in the, in the comic, uh, the heroes and the villains, they, they do an yeah. exceptional job of making the, the villains more complicated, uh, mm-hmm. than the comic. Cause I mean, it's just the comic, there's eh, 
you know, everyone's pretty straightforward, just fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's not much to it. It's like, you know, power has corrupted them sort of thing. And and like that right. works within the confines of the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's just a really great show. I think, and I think I'm always impressed by the way it looks too. Like it looks so good. It, I mean, it's shot yeah. insanely well that the money they spend, which I'm sure is not in, inconsequential, the amount they have, uh, yeah. but, but they use it well. Yeah, definitely. And I, I really like the, uh, Oh, that's what I liked some. Okay. Hold on. Well, here's <laughs> what I really, really liked about this episode. I liked <laughs> that they were filming this movie during this episode. <laughs> like it's like a, the movie within a movie kind of thing or movie yeah, within yeah. the show. And you're you're seeing like this kind of like bullshit PR, uh, uh, you know, Dawn of the Seven sort of thing, and it's and I I love Starlight just kind of being just so over all of it, and you know it it just was, I it just I don't know there's something that's just kind of like surreal and meta, and meta about it that was fun to watch, yeah. And it's just definitely. like oh this is all just such bullshit, but it's it's there to sell merchandise and sell movie tickets and and, and make this this you know pharmaceutical company just a lot more money. Yeah, for sure. And I also love that the uh, the Dawn of Seven logo was basically the Batman versus Superman logo. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was great. And, and you know, it's funny too cuz you know, in prior episodes we've seen like posters for for like Tech Knight in the background yeah. who's like basically like like the the Seven's version of Batman basically and it it's a whole thing. Yeah. Uh it, I guess like the, the one of the biggest changes too <laughs> from the comic to the show is uh the way that the show is kind of incorporated that whole like oh superheroes and movies are what we're going to target right now because that's what everybody fucking loves. Yeah. You know, in, in the comic book, it kind of stays in its lane a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like where the seven is, you know, they're, they're the seven, but like they, we, the society was sort of indoctrinated through comic books. But yeah. since yeah. this is, since this is a TV show, it makes sense to kind of go mm-hmm. after like that visual medium a little bit more because there are so many new fans of Iron Man and Captain America and, and all the characters who've had movies and TV shows that it, it just kind of, I don't know. I just, I just think that's really smart, savvy writing this instead of just doing a super literal adaptation of the comic book. Like, no, like look at your medium, look at what you're doing. Here's your audience. They're watching this comic book show that they probably never read the fucking comic book for. <laughs> yeah. So talk to them in a language they understand, which is movies and TV and commercials and, and things like that. I thought it was a really smart decision. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think their approach just in general on the social commentary is just on you know on point mm-hmm. everything i've seen I, I think what it does the best is that it's critical of both sides you know of both extremes you know you'll, you'll see the you know super over the top woke industry people that are trying to just basically market what we're trying to find as good social values and you see the other side complete opposite just racist piece of crap people that are just like terrible and despicable. And it's just criticizing them both saying like, you know what, if you're on any extreme, you're probably a little crazy. <laughs> the, the, the scene where they're trying to, where the, where the PR people are trying to give Maeve's girlfriend a makeover. Yes. And, yeah. And, that, and, that's and what I'm like, calling to. Yeah. yeah. To, to fit a specific aesthetic that, you know, a, a certain demographic finds more pleasing. Yeah. It was like, yeah, that was like really upsetting stuff. I mean, it, uh, that's yeah. just, that's not cool, man. Yeah, exactly. And yet, you know, you know, this stuff is going on behind the scenes everywhere, you know, and people are just trying to, you know, push, you know, oh, yeah, we're we support this, but they're just trying to make money, you know, so it's like, 
it, it's nice that it kind of calls that out that on the you know upper industry level behind the scenes this kind of stuff's going on Definitely. and it's not cool yeah. you know so there's legitimate issues that we kind of need to be focused and pushing towards in society and just I, I love that it just called out like how big business is trying to just take advantage of that just to make money yeah so yeah. I, I honestly I love the commentary on this show Very and I think cool. it's great no, that's great man and you're definitely you're totally right about that and the, the the that scene with with Maven and her girlfriend is so uh, I don't know if like heartbreaking is the right word, but it's so sad because like Maeve is just yeah. taking Maeve's just like yeah, this is just how it is, you know, <laughs> and we just got to kind of go with it. And I know she's trying to convince her girlfriend because she feels like this is the only way to protect her from Homelander. Um, yeah, but it's exactly. it's still so so upsetting to see how easily she just kind of like folds to it. She's like, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll just do this. It's fine, you know, whatever. <laughs> it just kind of shows how kind of broken Maeve is and how much she's kind of just like given up trying to fight against these things. Yeah. Which again, kind of, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, yeah, that, I mean, that's completely <laughs> been her character the whole time, you know, just, she completely just looks over it in every scene, mm-hmm. you know, she's just like, yeah, this is just how it is. Yeah. Oh man. And like the, oh, the whole like girls get it done catchphrase thing. It's just like such PR claptrap nonsense exactly yes but the, the, <laughs> i love the juxtaposition of of may versus starlight who's like the the still hopeful the still optimistic character who wants to fight against these things uh, yeah and i i hope i hope we get some of the the a little bit more connection between those two at some point where they kind of realize i mean they sort of do realize you know yeah, like Starlight. Mm-hmm. If she stays on the path that she's on, she would, could become Maeve, and I think Maeve. You know, I think that part's implied already. But I hope they get to the point where, like, they realize that they need each other to kind of break the whole cycle. Exactly. Yeah. There, there hasn't been a whole lot of interaction between the two this season. Yeah. Uh, I know last season there was a little bit more where mm-hmm. she was kind of being like, you know, you got to watch out for yourself, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, hopefully we get a little more of that this season because their their interactions were very interesting. You know, I I, I meant to go back. I, I haven't just had had time, but I, I want to go back and rewatch season one because I'm pretty sure they played Maeve as much more of a just like a hard drinker, just kind of like gave up on everything, just spends her time in the tower like drinking whiskey and you know all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But I also remember that that's Maeve in the comics, so I'm, I'm trying to remember if I'm kind of like merging the two things together or not. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but at the very least, her characterization felt mm-hmm. along those lines. Yeah, right on. Well, it's been a great show so far. I mean, we're five episodes in. I think there's, I think there's only three left. So yeah, the we're we're rocketing towards the finish line here with with the boys, <laughs> and uh, the boys will finish up just in time for the Mandalorian season two. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> which no one on this planet can wait for. Yeah, it's just one good thing after another. Roger, what else are you watching right now, man? What do you been keeping busy with as far as the entertainments go? Oh, let's see. I've been watching. I was watching Lucifer last weekend, so I'm pretty much all caught up with that one. Okay. Um, other than that, like I said yesterday, we just kind of did a scary movie marathon. We watched uh, Exorcist, nice. uh, Signs, and then Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> oh my, how'd that one play out? That one was fun. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeepers Creeper is, is a movie that my friends and I enjoy uh, making fun of. We sat in a movie theater yeah. and, and watched the first one, and just we we couldn't control our laughter. It was one of the more ridiculous <laughs> horror movies I think we've ever seen. Yeah, 
I mean, just just that opening scene where where Justin Long and I I forget the actor playing his sister in the in the movie uh-huh. uh, when they're you know they're driving in the car and uh, the 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 creeper the jeeper creeper is in the truck <laughs> behind them with like yeah with like his personalized vanity plate <laughs> you know the bee yeah. eating you <laughs> and I I I just love visualizing the creeper going to the DMV to pick up his his plates. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of things that don't make a whole lot of sense in that. It's like, wait, he's supposed to be around for 23 days. I couldn't get a vanity plate in 23 days. All right. <laughs> like, is he paying registration fees? Like, what is, what's going on here? Yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty wild, weird, nonsensical movie <laughs> in a lot of senses. I'm glad to hear your family enjoyed it, though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of one of those guilty pleasure movies for sure. Like it, it's not it's not a great movie by any means, but definitely one that I'm like, oh yeah, let's check it out. I haven't seen it in a while, you know. Roger, I came across a news story that was just posted a little bit ago, and I thought yeah. we should discuss this. <laughs> all right. Like you want to get? Let's get into this. All right. Uh, apparently, at a uh, uh, an Emmys party is that what i'm saying a pre-emmys award yeah. show interview giancarlo esposito moff gideon himself <laughs> had this to say about season two of the mandalorian you ready all right let's hear it the next season of the mandalorian is going to be very interesting because you're going to start to find out the power of the child what the child really means you will also start to uncover the origins of the Darksaber that Moff Gideon has and how that plays into previous Star Wars history connected to the Clone Wars and other shows. Oh. <laughs> and you'll start to get a real dramatic sense of the territory. We're living in a universe that is huge and has so much to explore. I think the show's going to start to lay the groundwork for the depth and breadth that's going to come in season three and four, where you're really going to start to get answers. <laughs> oh man so I think Giancarlo is, is confirming there will be season 3 and 4 of the Mandalorian <laughs> <laughs> at the very least yeah no that sounds awesome it, yeah I mean that, that's a really promising interview a promising quote right there uh, and it's uh, I mean I think we all knew like I don't see Disney pulling the plug in this show anytime soon do you no no way this is this has got to be their fucking bread and butter right now you know this is this is what's making them cash this is what is giving the star wars franchise you know fuel to burn through you know yeah i mean we we bought boxes of mandalorian cereal we didn't buy boxes of ray flakes and and studios <laughs> come on no we would not have given a crap about rise of skywalker flakes when we both did go out and buy the Baby Yoda cereal. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like the name Ray Flakes, and I think Kylo O's has a ring to it, or Kylo's, maybe? Kylo's, I like it. <laughs> and then Honey Nut Kylo's for those with a little sweet tooth. There you go. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not saying there's not a marketing opportunity here, but like they made the Mandalorian a cereal, not the last, you know, the sequel series. Yeah, dude, that's... I mean, I saw that, and I'm like, I don't even need cereal right now. I'm buying this. Yeah. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And I think they just came out with fruit snacks, like uh, like little Mandalorian bites, you know, where you bite it into, like, little baby Yoda's head. 
<laughs> oh man, I need some of those. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw those on the like Sam Club, the Sam Club website. Nice. So keep oh your, man, keep we're, we're gonna get me. so fat off Baby Yoda food. <laughs> There's only 75 Baby Yodas behind me. I mean, Baby Yodas make me move out of this house. <laughs> I got so much stuff with him on it already. He's so ache. He's just adorbs AF. Yes, that's what the kids fact. say, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought that was a nice little tidbit, though, of some juicy Star Wars meat. As, as, oh, yeah. As, 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 you know, we're, we're like, what, five weeks away from the Mandalorian? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's crazy to think that it's coming up so quick. I mean, you know, when the season ended last time, we were like, oh, we got to wait a whole year. And now the year's like, literally flown by. And we're just like, it's going to be squadrons and then that in terms of our Star Wars fix, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, again, Star Wars has kind of slowed down a little bit because of, of COVID and, 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 you know, no one being able to film anything. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, I really would not be surprised if, if when we get into 2021 that we start to get some new Star Wars stuff happening. Especially, I think, I think Disney Plus is a great platform to tell yeah. fun Star Wars stories. And the technology that they're using in The Mandalorian... Uh, I think it sets up a great opportunity to continue to explore uh, the Star Wars galaxy uh, with different characters using, you know, that that amazing technology that 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 area they call the volume with the giant yeah. the, the, the three D screens that go all around you and encompass you. I, oh yeah, I think that is going to be a game changer for Star Wars as far as as, as Disney, Disney Plus goes and being able to kind of crank out content on a, on a fairly reasonable reasonable basis. Yeah, it seems like once you kind of nail down that system and really like just master it you could literally take the character anywhere and just kind of show it up on the screen and just make a few set props here and there and you know you'd never be the wiser i mean we look at it and that looks as real as you know anything else and it's just all just a digital display being projected on things is mind-blowing you know so just the fact that you know it probably budget-wise I mean, other than just graphic design team, you're probably not making that much stuff. So I think it's it's really cool to see how easy it's going to be for people to just knock content out once they really get get it moving, you know? Oh, I, I totally agree with that. And I mean, it kind of, you know, I don't I'm not a Hollywood insider. I don't know how productions work necessarily. But I mean, I figure like, it's, you know, if if you want to be like a savvy kind of person, you know, as soon as The Mandalorian yeah. wraps up, it's filming. You get the next Star Wars show on the on the stage, and start yeah. doing your thing with you know again kind of kind of keep everything in place, and you can kind of start, you know three four Star Wars shows a year, which I don't think is too many, but maybe I'm way <laughs> off base. I mean, if they're good, we'll watch them. Well, yeah. and especially if they are you know smart and they kind of do different eras of 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 the of the Star Wars galaxy, like like you know we we talked mm. about like why isn't there a Darth Vader show, especially between episodes. Yeah you know, three and four, like Darth sure. Vader hunting down the remaining Jedi and Darth Vader kind of becoming like the most badass dude in the galaxy. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's a Disney plus show. And then you can go to another era of, of the characters. You know, you can, you can do uh, like, like, like I suggested before, uh, a Han and Lando and, uh, you know, with, with more of the underworld characters prior to episode yeah. four. Yeah. You know, just kind, of, just kind of building more of like that world ahead of time, you know, exploring that, that fun underground under underworld. 
that exists in Star Wars. Or, you know, there's a lot of possibilities. Do a show about a group of TIE pilots. Do a show about... Fuck, I don't know. Battle... No, not Battle Droids. Never mind. No Battle Droids shows. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's it's rife with opportunity and possibility. I mean, this is this might be the way you go and do Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, no, definitely. That, that would be a good outlet for it. Or even, you know... We haven't heard anything really about their High Republic, uh, you know, books that they're going to be releasing. I don't know if those are still on schedule or what, but, uh, you know, even content from that era would be kind of cool. I think just any Star Wars content that's just not the Skywalker saga would be awesome. You know, it's it's an expanded universe that we've seen in the past that was put to the side, but was never re-expanded on. So I think that would be cool if we could, you know, bring it back to that level of expansion that we once had. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, there, there's so much possibility and there's so much territory and, and, and space to play with. I mean, even even just building off of what Giancarlo Esposito said, I mean, it's the Star Wars galaxy and you start to see how bigger how big it is and how it's going to grow within the confines of the show. Yeah. And I think we saw that in the trailer. I mean, the trailer looks more looks bigger, looks more grandiose. I mean, you're going to like a, you know, we're on a water planet all of a sudden, and we're, and we're going to an ice planet, and and like this is going to be super cool. It's going to be a fun time, yeah. and like again, this seems like the way to do it, especially because, <laughs> uh, you know, things are shifting as far as like your, yeah. your your viewing audience, and people are staying home more. If you're going to give us content on sure. a service that we're paying X amount of dollars for every month. Give us the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I don't say that to diminish going to the theaters because I, don't get me wrong, I love seeing Star Wars on the on the on the big screen, but like those yep. are big, time-consuming productions. Yep. And they don't seem to have an idea of what they're doing next. So just keep giving us these smaller stories on this <laughs> platform and, and keep us all happy and, and kind of re re um, what's the word I want to use? Uh, it kind of earned the trust of your fan base back again because I know a lot of people were, were burned sure. after the sequel trilogy, but everyone loves the Mandalorian. Yeah, no, this is true. That's like, the one thing we all agreed on. That yeah. was good. Yeah, I, I don't know any Star Wars fans like, nah, Mandalorian's okay, it's fine. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> exactly. Everyone lost their shit. Yeah, and I think it's because the people behind it, the people directing it, and the people with the vision were all Star Wars fans. Yeah. You know, you have John Favreau behind, you have Dave Filoni, you know, you have all the other directors that they had on it, huge Star Wars fans, and they just, they know what they're doing. No, and, and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, friends of ours and, and, and Star Wars fans are going back and they're watching Clone Wars for the first time. You know, because yeah. they're, like, they're like, oh, oh, wow, this is connected to that. And, it, you know, it's like, again, just kind of, the Star Wars mythology is is a big place to play in, and when you when you want to, when you get it connected like this, when you see the threads that kind of run through some of the stories that bleed into the next stories, it's, yeah. it's so exciting. It's just this this beautiful layered storytelling that that's really hard to achieve, but when you have the right yeah. people in charge, it just it fucking sings beautifully. <laughs> that it does. Yeah. So I know we're just kind of, I don't know. I don't even know what we're doing. Like this is like a weird Star Wars riff that we went on, but I loved it. So it was it was a lot of fun. It's fun. But Everybody loves the Mando. Everyone loves the Mando. I think we all love Giancarlo Esposito, too. I, I want to know more about Moff Gideon. I want to know more about his role in things. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I've, I speculated on, on, on the MandoVision podcast a couple of, you know, like, ooh, is, is Moff Gideon connected to what happened to the Mandalorians? Like, like is there more to this than we know? Like, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to know more about his character as well. So, exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah, definitely. I, I think just seeing his character in The Boys 
made me really excited for what we could see on the Mandalorian. Just, you know, that, that commanding presence that he's just got everything under control. You know, it's just really cool. Oh, and he's so good on, on Breaking Bad. Uh, well, he was good on Breaking Bad, but he's great on, on um, Better Call Saul, the prequel series. Ah, uh, yes. So, he, yeah. Giancarlo, he knows a thing or two about acting and being a badass. <laughs> Raj, I think that's what we got, man. I think that's the show, buddy. All right, all right. Did I miss anything? Uh, I think we nailed everything we wanted to hit. Yeah. Killed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said... uh. Gosh, I guess I guess we'll wrap it up. Th- Roger, thank you for joining me on on what was episode one fifteen of the Tomcast podcast. Of course. What's 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 next for Roger? Um, that's a good question. This week, probably video games, models, and maybe some movies on the weekend. Ooh, and you mean <laughs> Gundam models, right? Not like supermodels, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, I can't afford that. <laughs> No, that sounds good, man. Uh, listen, we'll we'll catch up soon. We'll do another episode again. And uh, in the meantime, stay safe, take care of yourself, and keep drinking those good, tasty beers. I will. Oh, you know what? Real <laughs> quick question before I let you go. Yeah. What is your favorite song off the White Pony album? Oh, I'd have to say probably Digital Bath. Digital Bath's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm not going to argue What's with you. What's yours? I, I might disagree with you on Digital Bath because I don't remember every track off the album. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are quite a few good ones, but yeah, I think that's the one that actually became my favorite in the later years. Well, something interesting happened in my 20s where uh, uh, listening to music, you know, as, as fun as it was, was done most of the time in my car while I was driving. And I, yeah. never, I never really had like the track list in front of me. And I'd be like, oh, track six is badass. <laughs> Definitely. And I'd be like, which one's track six? You know, I, you know, I talked to another friend and be like, oh, yeah, this song. And he named the name. And I'm like, is that track five? What's, what's, what's that one? <laughs> and then I'd make them like convert it into track numbers for me. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that one's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I do like track four. It's quite nice. <laughs> yeah. What's it called again? <laughs> I won't remember that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was like the precursor to me getting a cell phone and then forgetting how to dial everyone's phone numbers. So there you go. Yeah, that's true. It's basically the same thing. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I know, my, I know my phone number and my wife's phone number, and I think that's it. <laughs> yep, same here. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, my friend, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you out of here. I will talk to you very, very soon. Thanks again, buddy. Alright. Always. Don't kill me, man! Don't kill me! Don't kill me, man! I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Roger, a.k.a. Jedi Raj. He's at Jedi Raj on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I appreciate everyone hanging out and listening to the to a fun chat. And, uh... Yeah, pretty good one. We kind of blew through the news, and then we, we kind of dug deep on issue five of The Boys, or episode five of The Boys, excuse me. Uh, and then a fun little little nugget of Star Wars news popped up, and that was kind of fun to doc- dissect and talk about a little bit more and kind of openly speculate about the future of Star Wars on uh, Disney Plus and, and you know, a little bit of the cinematic future. But uh, again, a good a good fun time, and I hope everyone enjoyed it 
as much as I did. It was good to talk to Roger again. Like I said, it had been a few weeks since he's been on the show, uh, so it was good to have him back. Because, uh, you know, when Roger's on, we just we just blow through the episode, man. We just crush it, and I don't have to do a lot of editing, which is always, always nice. So let's wrap up the show as we are supposed to do on the show, on the podcast even. And let me thank again my dear, sweet Patreons. Uh, thank you to the Aspinel Chody, the Batman at Bay Park, Jeff Nail. He's the co-host of The Ringing Ear. Make sure you're checking out that music podcast. Thank you to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circles. Thank you to the Squid Master General himself, Mr. Brian Broussard, and the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer. Uh, make sure you are following us on the social media. We are at Tomcast Popcast on Instagram, on Twitter. You can email the show, TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. And as I mentioned, those cool Patreon members, if you want to join Pophead Nation officially and become a contributor to the show, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash TomcastPopcast. And you're going to get access to, I mean, depending on what tier you're on, there, there's perks for the two tiers. Uh, one of those tiers, you get access to... Uh, a lot of sweet, 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 sweet bonus content, like audio commentary tracks. Uh, they're basically MP3s to listen to, where I'm watching a movie and I'm making smart-ass comments during it. Uh, we're exploring Marvel movies before Marvel movies, so that's been a fun one so far. New ones coming up pretty pretty darn soon. I also do some video features, talk about some books, talk about some video games, comic books, all, all kinds of good stuff. Try to give you guys a little bit of... Guys, folks, try to give you fine people... A little extra bang for your buck, and and as as a thank you for being a financial contributor to this podcast, you guys are helping. <laughs> you people are helping keep the lights on, and it means the world to me that you're doing so. So again, make sure you are liking the show, subscribing the show, sharing the show with all your best friends and family members, and even your not so best friends and family members. Just share share with everybody. And if you're if you're doing the Apple Podcast thing, five star reviews they go a long way to helping. Uh, spread the word about what we're doing on the Tomcast podcast. Helps us get in a little bit more out of the Apple algorithm that they use to recommend shows. So keep it up. Thank you so much for doing so if you've done it already. And if you have done it already, do it again. Why not? What the hell? Thank you all so much for listening. We're going to be back extremely soon. Uh, we recorded, and when I say we, I mean super friend of the show, uh, Reagan, the, the, co- the main host of the Come On, It's So Good podcast. And I did an epic epic podcast over the weekend for Big Trouble in Little China. And that's going to be releasing very, very soon. Get ready for that one. You're going to need like eight sets of seatbelts to be buckled in for that one because it's going to be quite the adventure. And with that being said, my name is Tom. Thank you once again for listening to this episode of the TomCast Podcast. I will talk to you all next time. Ciao, babes. Great story. Compelling and rich. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champion!